Well, here we are again. It's the 10th of March, 2021, and we're going to talk about Yemen. Well, we have to talk about Yemen. It really is distressing, isn't it, the way things have gone, are going, and will seemingly continue to go in Yemen. As of this year, 2021, the Republic of Yemen has entered its seventh year of conflict, and Yemen has fallen apart. I mean, it was plagued by decades of political instability and rampant sectarianism. It has been for years. Well, sectarianism, is that the right word? And when I was younger, Yemen was was kind of divided into two. Actually, it, in my lifetime, it always has been two countries. Yemen was two countries. Aden in the south. I mean, you remember Aden, the... The British had it as a protectorate, and then the north was uh, another country. Kingdom, really. The the south was a sultanate, the League of Sultans. Uh, the biggest sultanate in the south was Lahej. I mean, I remember very well Sultan Ali Abdul Karim of Lahej, a lovely man, a youngish man when I knew him. I was just a boy. My father was close to him and helped him. Uh, Sultan Ali was invited down by the the governor of Aden to tea. The trouble with Sultan Ali, who was one of the members of the League of Sultans in the south, I mean, the trouble with Sultan Ali was that he wanted independence. He felt that Aden should have independence. And so he came He came out in this with this view. And we had uh, a guy who lived close by our London home in Vincent Square. His name was Duncan Sands. He was Foreign Secretary of Britain, and Duncan Sands decided that this was disgraceful, that Sultan Ali Abdul Karim of Lahej should agitate for independence for South Yemen. And so he invited him, he had his governor invite him down to tea in Aden, and the governor said, I'm sorry, Sultan Ali, uh, you've been so good, but you've just been a little bit troublesome. So there's a gunboat down in the harbour, a British destroyer. It'll take you, your entourage, your family, anywhere you like, but you will never return home to your palace in Lahej again. Yeah, brutal British. The brutal British. They did this and they cut off their little noses to spite their little faces because what we had then after that was Flossie, the communist. We see, we got rid of we we disposed of all the moderate opposition, all the sultans and so forth. And we were just left with the extremists who started killing us. And they did so very effectively. The Aden War, the insurrection in Aden against British rule lasted years and was one of the bloodiest. Many young British lives were lost unnecessarily because of Duncan Sands. Anyway, this is... Um, history but it affects things doesn't it and uh, we had a communist south yemen the people's democratic republic of yemen pdry for years and years and years of course yemen entirely separate country and then the north invaded the south encouraged no doubt by foreign parties who liked the idea of getting rid of those blooming communists the north invaded the south and what I mean, that was really the beginning of the big, big catastrophe. For a while, uh, through brute force, the North was able to keep the South down. The South had a smaller population anyway. So, But over time, Yemen became an unhappier and unhappier place, and the North itself became fragmented. It was just too cumbersome to rule. Corruption was rampant. 
I mean, rampant on a scale that's incomprehensible as foreign money was poured in and, and squandered by the Yemeni elite. So there we had Yemen, and then ultimately we had the Houthi movement emerging. Houthis were kind of um, pirate traders, weren't they? I mean, they were they were um, smugglers. They went back and forth across the border to into Saudi Arabia because, of course, Saudi had taken part of North Yemen and made it their own. So it was a very handy little smuggling route for anything from ah uh, well anything anything from whiskey to refrigerators or whatever you wanted. I mean, it could come in. The Houthis would do it across that little border there, smuggle, smuggle into Saudi. And they were just generally troublesome. Well, they are, aren't they? So, so the Saudis started building a wall to keep them out. I, I guess that then things really got violent. This is my take on it. You may have different ideas. Anyway, Houthis are horrid in many ways, of course. They in their mosques, they shout death to Israel, death to America, just like the Iranians do, childish, childish behavior. And they they are actually, they, they, they have taken control of now of all of North Yemen, all of North Yemen, and rule with an iron fist. And they're threatening to take control of part of the South. The South is split up various factions, as you know, I mean, uh, various hegemonies, uh, the, the Emirates trying to control c control Aden, uh, they've got the island of Socotra, they've <laughs> invaded the UAE, uh, very handy for them, it's make a nice military base in the Indian Ocean for the United Arab Emirates, so they have their client groups, Saudi Arabia has its client group in a rump government, so we have a, a kind of a mess in South Yemen. Parts of the interior are controlled by tribal factions, parts by Al-Qaeda. So it is a mess. It's a mess. And there are various actors playing for political clout in the region. So now what? The war is, is cruelly affecting the ordinary Yemeni people. And we now have a, ostensibly, we have a new internationally recognized government and uh, President Hadi, Abu Rabbi Mansur Hadi, and Prime Minister Mayan Abdul Malik Said. That's since December 2020. I mean, they don't control much. It's, it's, it's a token government, I guess. But they're doing their best, you could say. I mean, it's, it's, they have a kind of power-sharing government. It controls nothing in the north, of course. It scarcely controls all of the south. I mean, one of the issues with it is that um, the new government is it has 24 ministers, representatives of various forces in the north and south, including, of course, the Southern Transitional Council. It's a, it's a negotiation between the Saudi proxy group and Ahadi and the Southern Transitional Council, I guess, which is in a way an Emirati proxy group, in my view. You can correct me. Anyway, this, this internationally recognized rump government uh, has, has all sorts of failings. It doesn't include anybody from the Tahima region. Tahima region is home to a quarter of Yemen's population. It's up near Sana. So how can you have a government that doesn't control, doesn't have any representation from from a whole chunk. Yeah, yeah well, you can, I suppose. It also includes no women. For the first time in, what, 30 years, a Yemeni government with no women? I mean, no women were involved in the peace talks. Women are major drivers of political action in Yemen. Major drivers. They're a major force in Yemen. Now, how, is, how come you suddenly have an emergence of a government for the first time in, in decades I mean, when I say first time in 30 years, I mean the first time in 30 years. A government that includes no women at all. 
How is this? Well, I mean, because <laughs> the Saudis have been organizing the peace talks. Probably that's the reason. Sorry, Saudis. I love Saudi Arabia. But honestly, come on, grow up. It's the 21st century, isn't it? Are we back in the Middle Ages? I mean, grow up. How can the international community recognize this government if it's... it's anyway, does gender equality matter? I, yeah, well, is the Yemen still... Um, in the Middle Ages, I suppose it is in many respects, but it was moving out. It, it did have the beginnings of genuine ge gender equality. And now talking about all this stuff, I mean, meanwhile, the people of Yemen starve, die. The north is blockaded cruelly in a Britain backed blockade. Forgetting that we can stop blaming the Americans now. The Americans have stopped uh, arms supplies to Saudi Arabia and to the, the coalition to bomb Yemen. Uh, the British, it's all the British now, all the British, we're the big killers. At the end of the day, we rub our hands with glee and drink up the arms sales. We pocket that money in Britain, not in America anymore, Britain. President Biden has stopped it. Britain is arming the war. So, you know, if you see little pictures on the television of Yemeni children starving to death, then know you have done it, oh British. You have done it. Your government is starving those children. It's your blockade, your bombs. You are bombing the hospitals. The British provide all the arms now. So where are we? I mean, we have a deepening political crisis in Yemen. Does it matter? We need aid to go to the north. All the, all the aid you see is going to the south. The blockade is just part of the battle. The problem, the Houthis are not very helpful. The Houthis are Ansar Allah, they call themselves. Ansar Allah. The Houthis, religious movement, really. The Houthis are, uh, are quite tough. Civil wars make you tough, I guess. But they're tough on their own population. You can't, you can't step out of line. And they control aid distribution. That's a problem really. Aid should be distributed independently of, of governments when it's international aid of this kind. But Yemen, it's a pointless war. Nobody can win it. So what can you do? Uh, the, the outcome we had been thinking was the federalization of Yemen would be the answer. The, so you would have six region federal system, Azal, Sabah, Janad, Tahima in the north and Aden and the Hadramaut in the south. Well, we kind of like that idea, but, but others don't particularly the southerners who think um, that weights the north, you know, one, two, three, four provinces in the north and two in the south. I mean, the idea being that the provinces, you'd have provincial governance, so you'd have uh, the provinces controlling education, infrastructure, uh, health and that kind of thing uh, with big devolved budgets. And then you would have a national government that controlled things like um, the armed forces and defense and international affairs. I mean, it's, it's, it's so arguably very easy to deal with the Yemen problem. I can understand why the South, the South would refer a kind of governance where you had a federalized Yemen consisting of two Yemens. So that's a, a South Yemen and a North Yemen. I mean, a, go back a few years before the current war, and most most Yemenis would have agreed that partition might have been the best answer to go back to two countries. But now, because of the interference from foreign powers, most Yemenis would feel now that, uh, in my view, anyway, when we've been talking to them, would feel that a united Yemen is perhaps best because it'll be strongest to cope with countries like Britain um, and, of course, uh, Saudi Arabia, who use our bombs and, and the Emirates and others. The outside powers 
with good reason. Have they have got good reason to feel they they are upset about the Iranian role? I mean, Iranian missiles are hammering uh, hammering Saudi Arabia, or have done on on occasion. Actually, the the missiles that come from Yemen are, are Houthi. To be honest, the Houthis have good engineers. They can and they they have plenty of old cruise missiles left over. I mean, the Yemen is dripping with arms, of course, for years. So they have old French cruise missiles. They can redo the guidance systems, and they're not dumb and fire them at Saudi Arabia. The blockade is strong. They can't get Iranian arms anyway on a major scale. But, uh, I mean, some will get through. But but the Iranians have uh, bombed, of course. They bombed Saudi oil facilities dramatically not so long ago. And so they, they, they flex their muscles. No, we strongly advocate uh, discussions about some sort of form of regional governance. Some Yemen doesn't need war. This is a pointless war. An utterly pointless war. It has no point to it. Children are dying for no reason. A completely pointless war. A war promoted by Britain. A pointless war to no avail. God help the children of Yemen. And let's hope for common sense. We've had talks with Yemenis from the north and the south. They want peace. They want an end to this. So if Britain would agree, then we might actually have peace and an end to this. Wouldn't take much really now. A little nudge here and there. Bring everybody on board. And the slaughter in Yemen could come to an end. Okay, God bless you. That was just a thought to share. Thank you.